A very good morning to you. I'm Sam, one of the staff team here. It's excellent to see you all. What are you anxious about? Or to rephrase it in that really annoying way, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? As if there's nothing at all to be concerned by. As you'll know, there are plenty of things to be worried about. And the top things that seem to worry us are things like health, relationships, finances, armed conflict, global warming, whether you're going slow enough for that speed camera. We're so used to being worried, so familiar with anxiety. Is it possible to live life without it? Can we overcome anxiety? How do we overcome anxiety? Do we want to overcome anxiety? Or has it become a friend, a faithful friend over the years? Paul makes a promise in verse 7. He offers us a guarantee. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you want that? Do you want the peace of God? That's on offer to each one of us this morning. Everyone here in this talk, here and online. The peace of God, if what? If we do what Paul tells us. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. It might be we've got so used to our worries, our fears, anxieties, that we will find it hard to say goodbye. But if we're going to have the peace of God, we, uh, we can. It is possible to overcome anxiety and live free from worry. It seems to me that anxiety is on the rise. Talk to anyone in the, in the school sector, and my experience is they'll tell you that uh, the students, the kids these days, have more mental health problems than they did 10, 20 years ago. Maybe it's COVID and the pandemics, uh, pandemic. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's that we have language now that we didn't have previously. I'm sure it's all those things and more. But I want to put out there this morning that as anxiety, like the sea level, rises and threatens to flood at school, at work, at, uh, in our city, the rise isn't inevitable. It's not too late to turn back the tide. Anxiety is not the ultimate power. And we need not be powerless in its grasp. This morning we're looking at one of the classic Bible passages about overcoming anxiety. Philippians 4, many of you will be very familiar with it. We all battle anxiety and worry, some more than others. And this message is relevant for all of us, whether you've been diagnosed with anxiety or depression or you're the most carefree person on the block we all uh, we all battle anxiety to some extent and there is peace to be found in Jesus that we can't find anywhere else is it possible to overcome anxiety absolutely would you pray with me loving God our heavenly father you don't want us to waste our time our energy our life worrying Help us to hear your word this morning, to treasure it, to dwell on it and to put it into action, that rejoicing and trusting in you, our lives might be more and more enjoyable and bring you ever more glory. Amen.
So turning to Philippians 4, we're going to see four of Paul's keys to overcoming anxiety. Rejoice in the Lord, remember the Lord is near, refuse to be anxious, and request everything you need. Four keys to overcoming anxiety. We'll rattle through them, so don't worry. The first key where our passage starts, rejoice in the Lord. That's the start, that's where Paul begins. If we're rejoicing in something, we all know it's much harder to be anxious, full stop. If it's a gloriously sunny day and you're just loving the sunshine, we can take far more that comes our way. Or if we're rejoicing and celebrating a promotion or passing an exam or the birth of a new grandchild, then when troubles come our way, they seem much less painful, much less significant. But we can't always rejoice in the sunshine. We don't pass exams or receive promotions every day and new grandchildren don't come around all that often. So what can we rejoice in, even when circumstances seem to conspire against us? Well, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. In your quiet time in the morning with a cup of tea or coffee, with friends and family, or around the table over food, at church on a Sunday morning, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord and all the other blows that come our way will seem much more manageable. Rejoice in his goodness, his grace, his mercy, and our troubles will seem infinitely more light and momentary. And I, I acknowledge that rejoicing is almost always, it seems, a choice and a discipline. I appreciate there are times when rejoicing doesn't feel like an option. What then, what if the tide of anxiety has risen so high and the waves are so overwhelming that rejoicing feels like it belongs to a distant, long forgotten land? I think the second key, Paul's second key is helpful here. The second key, remember the Lord is near. If rejoicing feels too far away, if it feels out of reach, remember, recall, hold on to the promise that the Lord is near. Do you remember the time Jesus' disciples went on a fishing trip and Jesus came along for the ride? He took a nap at the back of the boat. The waves grew, the wind blew, and Jesus slept like a baby. In their moment of anxiety, the disciples didn't rejoice, but they did remember that Jesus was near. They woke him up and demanded he do something. Don't you care if we drown? We can do that. Remember the Lord is near. Remembering he's near changes things. It changes everything. If we think he's distant, far away, uncaring, why would we reach out? Why would we bother? Why turn to him? But because he's near. We need only turn and ask, or like the disciples, demand his help. How do we overcome anxiety? Rejoice in the Lord. Remember that he is near. The third key, refuse to be anxious. Easier said than done. Refuse to be anxious. Did you catch what Paul wrote? Do not be anxious 
about anything. Refuse to be anxious. There's no exception. But what about, no, refuse to be anxious. What about, refuse to be anxious. What about, refuse to be anxious. Jesus cares about you and he devoted a good chunk of his most famous sermon to setting us free from anxiety. He gives four reasons to refuse anxiety. The first is that worrying is unreasonable. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Worrying shows us that our priorities are in the wrong order. Worrying is unreasonable because it exaggerates the problem. The more we worry, the bigger the problem gets. It's irrational and it grows the problem out of proportion. Worrying is unreasonable because it doesn't work. If you can't change the situation, worrying is useless. And if you can change the situation, go and do it. Worrying is unnatural. In the whole of creation, humans are the only warriors. You might think you were a born warrior, but that's not true. None of us are born warriors. You picked it up, you learned it, you practiced it. Some of us have honed it. Look at the birds of the air, says Jesus. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much, much more valuable than they? Your heavenly Father feeds the birds. Are you not much more valuable? They're his creation. We're his children. Children of the king. We're royalty. In all of God's creation, only human beings worry. We're the only thing that God made that doesn't trust him. You're much more valuable than birds and flowers. Worrying us is unnatural, it's unhealthy. When people say they're worried sick, they're telling the truth. It's not what you eat, but what eats you that makes you unwell. Proverbs 12:25, an anxious heart weighs a person down. Worry comes from an old English word, to strangle, to choke. Contrast the weight of an anxious heart with Proverbs 14.30, a heart at peace gives life to the body. Jesus' third reason uh, not to worry is that it's unhelpful. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Worry won't make you an inch taller or shorter. It won't help you gain weight or lose weight. All worry does is make the day suck. You can't change the past, you can't control the future. Worry just ruins the present. The only thing it changes is us. It makes us miserable. And Jesus' fourth reason is that worry is unnecessary. There's no need to worry. He goes on, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? You don't have to worry. No one's forcing you to worry. 
it's unnecessary. After rejoicing in the Lord and remembering that he is near, the first step to overcoming anxiety is to refuse to be anxious about anything. 1 Peter 5.7 Unload all your worries on God because he cares for you. Just drop them, unload them on him because he cares for you. You can trust him. So refuse to be anxious. And the fourth key, request everything you need. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Don't panic, pray. Don't worry, worship. If you prayed as much as you worried, imagine how much less you'd have to worry about. And if it's not worth praying about, it's not worth worrying about. As a child, if I needed something and I told my parents, more often than not, they'd they'd give me what I needed. I never did I worry about the money or how how they got the money. That was my parents' job. It was my job simply to ask to be grateful. We're to request everything we need with thanksgiving. Sometimes we can be so single-minded, so fixated on our need or our lack, we forget to look around and see what we do have. We forget to give thanks for all those other prayers that have been answered along the way, for the health that we enjoy, that we're alive, for the clothes we are wearing, the roof we do have over our head, the food that is on the table. We don't have to be thankful for all things, cancer, death, things that break God's heart, but in all things, in all situations, in the bad times, we can still find things to praise God, thank God for. When you ask God for what you need, thank him for what he's done. Gratitude is the key to happiness. Thankful people are happy people. Happy people are thankful people. An attitude of gratitude is good for you. It's one of the remedies for depression. It takes the focus off ourselves. We can always find something to be grateful for. Sometimes we think of life as a series of hills and valleys running in succession. Good times, bad times. But there's no time when everything is good or everything is bad. It's more like the the two run in parallel, like train tracks. In one area of our life, we might be experiencing blessing, but in another, there's battle. That's often the way. However good things are, there are things that could be better, and however bad, there's always something to be thankful for. So request everything you need with a thankful heart. When you worry without asking, you're acting like an atheist, like you don't have a heavenly father. Worrying is practical atheism. James 4 verse 2, you do not have because you do not ask. The fourth key to overcoming anxiety, request everything you need from God. None of our worries are too big or too small for God. In fact, all of them are tiny 
to him. But since he didn't spare his own son, how much more will he give us all things that we need? Our biggest problem is not getting in to heaven. Our biggest problem is not being friends with God, being reconciled to God. He is perfect, we're not. And it's grace that allows us to come back to him, to be his children, to be his friends again. We're not good enough, but Jesus is. And if God loved us enough to die for our sins, don't you think he loves us enough to help with career decisions, making a sale with our health, finances, our children's education? He knows the number of hairs on our head. So we don't need to say, God, I'll handle this. Request everything from a thankful heart. Request everything with a thankful heart. Let those concerns, as they rise up, those anxious thoughts, as they appear on the horizon, let those turn you to prayer. Rather than forgetting the Lord is near, and turning to worry, let us draw near to the Lord and turn to him in prayer with thanks for all that he has done, all that he has given us and with prayer that he would provide those things that we need. So I don't know what it is for you this morning, the things that are on your heart, on your mind, uh, or things that are collectively um, in front of us, sort of things in our city, things in our nation, um, the question of the future of St. Michael's, the interregnum, the next vicar, all those sorts of worries. But let those take us and draw us nearer to the Lord, to rely on him, to trust in him, to see his kindness and his faithfulness. And as Paul finishes in that passage, these things aren't easy to do, but as Paul says, where do we get the strength? We get the strength from God. We can do all these things through Christ who gives us strength. We can rejoice. We can remember that the Lord is near. We can refuse to be anxious. And we can request all things, remembering that Christ strengthens us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you know us. You know our hearts. You know what it is to be human. You know what it is to be anxious. You know that it's a waste of time and energy. It's not what you want for us. And thank you that you, you teach us how to live. You teach us how to avoid anxiety, how to refuse anxiety. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you, our Heavenly Father, long to provide for us. And you have provided so much, even your own Son, for us, that we might be your children. That we might be able to look forward to eternal life in your presence. And Lord, we ask that we might enjoy 
your presence today and in these days that we would know that you are near, that we wouldn't forget your presence, forget your desire to walk with us and to help us. But Lord, would you set us free, set us free to trust you, to walk with you, that our hearts might be healthy and that others might see our lives and our trust in you and want to know what it is that helps us, who it is that helps us, that we might be able to point to you and to your loving care. In Jesus' name, amen.